What is up? Welcome back to the Free C Podcast. It's Monday and you know what that means. Another conversation with Jonathan. This time we are talking about sales. Yes, two marketers talking about sales. What do you know? It's a very important time to be talking about sales over here at The Juice because we are out there hunting and searching for our first salesperson to join this company. We just posted a job description for an account executive position and it got me thinking, got me thinking, hey, Jonathan, you are the main salesperson that we have right now. Talk to me about your experiences that you've gone through so far, what you've learned and what you're looking for in our first sales hire. So I brought Jonathan on the show and we chop it up. If you like what you've been hearing on the 3C podcast, definitely hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review if you think I'm doing a good job. I do appreciate that. Go visit thejuicehq.com. I'm grinding on some content, putting content out on a regular basis. And if you haven't joined our waitlist with our newsletter so far, what are you doing? You can find it in the show notes. Just follow the link and drop your email. You'll be a part of that newsletter and be the first to know when you can join the Juice Content Experience. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Monday edition of the 3C Podcast. I'm joined by Jonathan, and we are going to talk about sales. So you got a couple marketers over here talking about sales. Um, we think it's an important and timely topic for us, and that's why we wanted to share our perspective Jonathan dropped a job description for a new, our first, I guess, sales hire at the Juice. And so we want to talk about kind of what what that role looks like, ideally, experiences we've had going and working with other salespeople. And then I know Jonathan's been kind of our primary sales person out of the gate. So maybe talk about that a little bit. But without further ado, how are you doing, Jonathan? Doing really well. Appreciate you having me back on and uh, excited to talk about sales today. I'm sure if there are any uh, sales reps or sales leaders listening, uh, they might be rolling their eyes at two marketers chopping it up about sales. But we've been in the thick of it for uh, since you've joined uh, the start of the year and uh, myself since summer of last year. So hopefully uh, uh, we can empathize a little bit more than most marketers uh, through the sales process, but excited to talk more about it today. So I'm going to put it on you right out of the gates because you have, uh, first of all, you were like the, the, the company of one for, for, for a while, for the first kind of evolution of uh, the juice back when we were called something else that we won't mention on this podcast. But, you know, I'd imagine with that, obviously you're having a lot of conversations trying to validate the concept. And as a piece of that is like, all right, well, Let's try to get the sales engine running and figure out how we do sales over here. So maybe talk a little bit about what your experience has been so far as the the primary salesperson at The Juice. Yeah, I've always admittedly, like personally, I've always uh, been intrigued by the idea of being in sales or doing sales, if you will. Uh, I think that's because in marketing, I've always worked really closely to it. And uh, so founding a business uh, was a good way to trial by fire uh, sales experience, right? And so early on in the very early days, it wasn't even, you know, I wasn't doing in quotes sales. Uh, I was just doing discovery, uh, reaching out to 
marketers, uh, potential, you know, people who we thought might eventually match our buyer persona and just, you know, asking them about their pain points, asking them, you know, about their current um, state and what they'd like to solve for in the future. And just when they answered what their pain points were, then trying to pick away at those, you know, and go two or three layers deeper. And honestly, there's probably a lesson in there because we would end those conversations and they would keep asking, well, how are you going to solve for that? Are you going to solve for that? And, you know, at the time we weren't exactly sure, but they, they were so intrigued by the conversation that we kept having to figure out what was next. What would be next after this discovery conversation? And so uh, that led to us pretty quickly, you know, putting together some tech enabled service packaging for a beta program and just continuing to develop our offering and our product and our solution from there. And so I kind of went into this process, not doing again, sales and quotes, but uh, very quickly, the conversations turned into sales conversations, and we had a, a beta pipeline and a few beta customers. And I've I've really enjoyed, you know, what I think many would define as founder sales, but it's never really been true like prospecting from me or true like outbound efforts. It's really just been about discovery and understanding the marketer's pain points, and then continuing the conversation where it makes sense. And now that we've learned a lot through that process, we're certainly doing some more traditional sales tactics, including hiring some sales um, reps or account executives. And so uh, excited to just build on the foundation that we have to this point. I trust if I can uh, sell our solution that a trained sales professional is going to have a lot of success and I'm excited to see what they're, they're capable of. So you talked about the uh, maybe non-traditional sales and uh, doing discovery I would say like, as I walked into the business, there were customers of ours already. So that, that process and the way you went about learning, understanding pain points and providing a solution back to them while it being maybe a a managed service out of the gates led to some new revenue for our business. So what, what through that process and maybe not going about it in the structure of like, all right, you're going to come to the website, you're going to fill out a form, you're going to do a demo, we're going to, you know, take you to talk to our solutions consultant, like that whole way of selling that we're used to in B2B marketing. How, I guess, how have you, those successes out of the gates, what were the reasons why, and maybe what are some of the things that you you did learn from that you can carry forward to a new member who's going to be maybe responsible for a book and selling to some of these accounts? Yeah, I think initially, you know, I, I had my checklist of questions and one of them was, what's your biggest pain point? And they'd tell me and I would just move on, right? Uh, and I found that the deeper I could kind of pick away at that pain point, the better the conversation became. And the more I learned about them and the more I learned what we should build uh, as our solution. And then the other piece of it was, you know, just doing that really rich discovery made it super easy. Uh, When we had a follow-up conversation, I wasn't selling to them. It was them selling to themselves at that point. Something that I did that I thought, uh, maybe it's uh, kind of my marketing perspective or lens, but in the, you know, second call, if we had one, I always, I had a big slide with just a quote um, that kind of aligned with what we believed our problem statement to be. But the quote was always from the person I was talking to in our first conversation. And uh, I, I, I would always, you know, put the quote and then, you know, I, I wouldn't say who said it. And I'd be like, do you know who said this? And they'd be like, 
I think, did I say that? Did I, is that, that sounds like a problem I have. And then I, I kind of reveal that it was from them. And so many times I had people say like, oh, like I'm selling to myself now. Like, how can I say no? And so that was like, again, just kind of doing really deep discovery and letting them sell to themselves is, uh, I, I can't really take credit for that. It was just good listening. And then, um, you know, taking really good notes and uh, trying to align it to what what we're building and what we believe we, we will be selling and had a lot of success with that. But I think just going really, really deep on the pain points and continuing to ask why uh, was was really successful early on. So I I was a part of this process. I didn't buy the product, but I came on board and joined the company. And I think I remember this moment when we we had a conversation again and you were showing me the deck and you're talking. And I think I said something to the effect of in our first meeting that uh, maybe something like, you know, B2B marketing sucks or the content experience sucks, something like that. But I remember seeing the words on the slide and there was that moment where it was like, you know what, like those were my words. That is what I said, which I think just as a, a, a tactic for communicating and sharing back and showing that you're listening at least catches someone you're talking to at a certain level where they maybe put their guard down a little bit and it doesn't feel as much like a sales process anymore. So that, that stood out to me and it, it triggered that reminder as you were describing it. I'm pulling up the uh, presentation. Oh, you had a good one. So our problem statement that I've presented back to marketers is our ability to create content has surpassed our ability to effectively distribute or discover content. And so for most marketers, I, uh, I kind of break it into like two parts, um, you know, them kind of identifying the problem and like what they wish their future state would be. But Brett, it looks like the quote I have for you on this slide, and maybe we can share this on social or something, uh, was a little bit more direct and a little bit simplified uh, from most marketers. <laughs> Your quote was, and I quote, most of it sucks, end quote, which I think is pretty spot on and goes to how we've been talking. Um, and so uh, that's that's a fun little trip down memory lane there. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, there's definitely a blog post probably coming from that now and definitely share that out on social. And it's funny how things work, work, work itself out. And we've, I've kind of carried that mantra with me um, in the work that I'm doing over here. So but back to the, uh, just the, the, the sales um, side of things. I think, you know, when I was in your process, it just felt like a conversation, which I think most great salespeople, that's the, they, they try to, you know, set the stage, use the words that the people they're talking to back in conversation. And it's very casual and easy, I guess, for you, as you're thinking about, and we're going to get into like the, the hiring process and, you know, what we're, you know, looking for in a salesperson here at the juice, but what are some inspira- or models of inspiration for you just in terms of great salespeople that y- you've worked around? I'd love if you, if you feel comfortable, maybe just like call a person or two out and just talk about like what, what, what they did in terms of their process that like are, are, that stood out to you and maybe potential areas that you'd like to pull from those individuals. Like what were their qualities? Yeah, this will be fun. I'll get to figure out who actually listens to the podcast or not. Um, (laughs) So from, I'll go to my most recent experience. Maybe there's three people I'll call out. Uh, So I was at Springbuck Healthcare Analytics Platform. Um, We sold to uh, benefits, employee benefits, brokers or insurance brokers. Not a space I was real familiar with. So 
I had to learn a lot and there were several people I learned from. So I'll call out three, maybe one, uh, Seth Paladin, who I think you've worked with uh, previously at Exact Target. He led our business development team. Business development reported into the marketing function, which was my function at Springbuck. Um, and just always really appreciated. He had a bias towards action. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure that's how he would describe it, but that was something I always noticed is if we wanted to try something or experiment with something, it was done. Like we would just do it and learn from it and track it and uh, adjust in real time. Uh, and that was something I, I think sometimes you can kind of talk things to death in the sales cycle or let things just kind of die on the vine. And I think, you know, especially at this stage in startup scale up mode, you really have to have a bias toward action. So that, that was one uh, lesson learned. The other person I worked with there that uh, I really enjoyed working with on the sales side was Cody Fair. He led our sales teams, uh, enterprise and mid-market. And it was a little bit of learning for both of us because he was at, prior to Springbuck, he was at a really large, like really big company and he had never used marketing as part of his like real sales um, efforts. And so he comes to a much smaller company and all of a sudden we're working, you know, side by side. And he was just so appreciative of everything. And because uh, I think we showed pretty early on, we were able to support his efforts. Then he started bringing marketing into the sales process. You know, how can we support this really big prospect? What kind of event can we do? What can we send them? Um, how can you help me position this? How can you help me message this? And like, it was, that was as aligned as, aligned as I've ever felt a sales and marketing team uh, just working side by side with him. And then the third person I'll, I'll call out there, um, it, he wasn't in sales, I would say. Uh, he was the co-founder of Springbuck though. Um, chief customer officer uh, was his role uh, prior to, he's now left, but um, Phil Daniels, um, I the best listener ever. And I think that's um, something that I really tried to emulate in a lot of the conversations uh, that I had with marketers. You know, Phil would I always say he was soft-spoken, but spoke with great authority because he was such a good listener. He would listen, take really great notes, and then kind of like we talked about earlier, he'd be able to speak back to the person, or to the, person uh, to the listener, and just kind of very easily and succinctly highlight what he had heard, you know, kind of boil it down to the main takeaways and um, just speak with such authority because he had done such a good job of listening. That was something... I really admire and I still think about often and try to emulate in some of my own efforts. So listening, collaboration, and action are the three things I picked up on for each of those, from each of those examples. How much do you think that sales is what makes up good salespeople are, are like training and experience and how, or how much of it do you think goes into like just these intangibles that you just describe like, you know, hard work, you know, listening, like having this desire to collaborate, like what's, what's the balance in terms of just say the sales pros you've been around? I think, I mean, there, there is certainly an element of training and professional expertise that comes into play. Like I have learned that, uh, you know, for instance, uh, in managing the sales process as part of founder sales, like I've learned that contracting is like a huge pain and getting things through legal and all that. And like sales, a lot of sales 
professionals probably listening are like, yeah, duh. You know, I just thought like, Hey, I'll send you a DocuSign, sign that. And like, let's move forward. And here I am like trying to drag things through legal and all of those fun details. So uh, that's been interesting. And I think like, you know, with a little bit more training and experience, that's something I would be better prepared for. But I do think there's a lot of int- intangibles, you know, your your comfort with hearing no often, your um, just competitive spirit, your ability to just hustle a lot, I think is really important, you know, follow up really important. I think some of that is intangibles. I know when we were hiring BDRs at Springbok again, as part of the marketing function, like we had a ton of success with former athletes uh, and it was accidental. We, you know, we had hired people who were either college athletes or just really involved in athletics, whether that's intramural or high school or something along those lines. But uh, then we kind of looked around at our BDR team and it was like, all of our most successful BDRs have this like really rich, like competitive spirit, athletic background. And so that was something we actually started noticing in our interview process and continuing to lean into. Um, but I think that competitive sphere, and I think that's part of the reason I've enjoyed the founder sales processes. I'm a pretty competitive person myself. And so I think there's something to that as well. For sure. No, I, I think those are good call outs. And maybe we just move over into the job description and the the, the role that we're, we're seeking to bring on board here at The Juice. I think this is a podcast. So this is, I guess, our opportunity to share with the market, like, all right, here's what, here's why, and here's what we're doing. My hope would be that like anyone who went through the process and maybe got to an interview stage, this conversation or piece would be like the secret ingredients for them to maybe unlock some things during the interview process that they might use in their conversation or, or have the knowledge to share about things that you're potentially looking for when bringing someone on board. So I, I, I guess the first question would be the why behind, like, why do we need salespeople at this stage in our business right now? Like what's, what are the, what are the primary reasons from your end? Yeah, honestly, and I think it's part of the uniqueness of the opportunity. Um, I think we have, I would call it problem market fit. Uh, I was just actually talking to Sangram, who's one of our advisors, the co-founder and chief evangelist at uh, Terminus. And uh, he broke it down really nicely. You go from product market fit or problem market fit to product market fit to platform market fit. And I feel like we have that problem market fit. And so now we're building the product. Uh, and then we'll find product market fit. But, you know, in my seat as CEO, there's a lot of things um, that I'm working on, you know, leading the team, aligning the business, working with fundraising conversations, working with our investors, partners, et cetera. And I, I enjoy the sales process. I really do. And we've had some success with it. What I don't have time to do is to do the prospecting, right? To do a lot of the outreach that it takes to fill the pipeline, we have some tools that are solving for that, but they're still just not the volume. And so we really want to lean into this early success that we've had. And uh, we think with more at-bats, we can hit more home runs. So uh, part of it is just the prospecting efforts, filling the pipeline. And then once sales reps have those uh, pipelines filled, then we'll kind of, I know uh, a lot of account executives won't want to prospect forever and that's totally okay. And then we'll back them up with whether that's BDR or more outbound capacity. Uh, we'll, we'll solve for that problem. But uh, right now we just, we want more at bats because we feel like we're onto something and we're excited to share that with the marketplace. And we have marketers who are saying just as much back to us. 
Totally. And I'm a part of those conversations that I'm hearing, hearing that. I think there's a lot of energy and excitement for what we're doing and what we're building. And I, in your examples, you talked about some qualities that you admire from other people that you've worked with. I think a part of a, being a first salesperson or a salesperson coming on board to a team of five that hasn't quite released their product yet, there's some uncertainty around that, um, which I think maybe not everyone's up for that uncertainty, but maybe others are. What what types of, I guess, qualities out of the gates are the most interesting to you in terms of trying to grab a, a salesperson on, to come on board that's going to kind of pick up where you've left off? Our last conversation, Brett, was about uh, pirates, right? Uh, it's better to be a pirate than join the Navy. And we talked a little bit about what that means for our business, you know, and I, I think I even spoke to, they can't have any fear at this stage. Like they're going to hear no a lot. We're still building out what our pricing, packaging, product all look like. And so they have to be comfortable with some of the unknown and not let that slow them down from going to market, you know, prospecting, uh, having sales conversations. They just have to have no fear in moving, moving all of those things forward. And, you know, I, I think it takes some element of crazy to join a business at this stage. And I think that's what makes our team so great at this point. It's something we talk a lot about. It's part of the reason we named our business The Juice. We felt like it it uh, spoke to the energy of the team, the people on the team. So we're, we're looking uh, for more people to bring that energy uh, bring that that pirate man mentality, if you will, and uh, just move really fast with us and know there's going to be some speed bumps along the way. We talk a lot about building in public and sharing, um, you know, sharing what we're learning, what's going well and what's not going well. And I think you have to be comfort, comfortable being vulnerable in that in that world and sharing with the marketplace. I think marketers inherently like sharing. And I think sales reps who like sharing as well will be, will fit right in. So there's, there's a lot of different, I think, types of profiles that can be successful at this stage. But I think somebody who doesn't have that fear of, of what they're joining and knowing exactly what they're joining and jumping in, I think they're set up for success. I think they can have a lot of success on this team with our product and uh, with our marketplace. For sure. And I, I think obviously I'm, I'm the marketer, the marketing guy, not the salesperson. However, sales is everything, right? There's every conversation I'm having at some level, there's some sales going on. And so I think like for me, and I, I'd love to maybe close it out with just getting, getting a reaction from you just in terms of like me joining and the reasons why I joined. I think when people ask me why I joined the Juice, I think uh, a couple things, two primary things stand out to me. I think one is um, the problem that we're solving is something that I've lived in and believe in. And I think that always makes for good alignment when starting jumping into a new role. And then I think the other thing is, is like, I had a great opportunity before I left this, left to, to join the Juice. However, I felt like jumping into this, working on this problem that I've lived in and focusing my time on that every day would help stretch me a little bit. And there's a, the uncertainty would help stretch me and help me not feel maybe stagnant in my career. So I think it was like an attachment to the problem. And just like, for me, it was like a desire to jump into this madness and uncertainty, but like, I understand that's maybe like easier for me being adaptable in the way I'm wired. I guess like, what's your response to that in terms of like a salesperson who, you know, might be doing just fine, uh, you know, 
at their, in their current role, maybe have been doing it for, you know, the last four years and is, is fine, but maybe not like fired up every day to be talking about the solution that they're talking about. Like how, how would you, how would you talk with salespeople about maybe making that move over to the juice? Like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, if they've, they're happy and successful for four years out of business, that's great. That's safe. And, you know, there is some uh, lack of safeness or security that comes with joining a business at this stage, but there's also the uh, opportunity to be a part of building something really, really big and really, really successful that impacts the community we live, work and play in and impacts the community we sell into and marketers, um, you know, throughout uh, the industry and the B2B space. And so that's exciting. Uh, it, something we talk about as a team is, you know, this is kind of a, a go big opportunity. And I think we often find ourselves talking about, all right, how do we really push that? How do we make it bigger and better? And so uh, if that's exciting, if you're looking for something bigger and better, uh, you know, five or six person company might not look like that off the bat, but the opportunity is really big and really unique. And uh, we'd love to find people who are excited about that. And I think because you spoke to it, the problem that we're solving, I think being excited about that is important. Eric Sindelbach, our CTO and co-founder, you know, he's not he's not a marketer by trade. He's never worked in the marketing space, but he gets really fired up about the problem we're solving, this terrible content experience for content consumers. He's a content consumer and he, uh, he hates the experience that he has to go through to read B2B content. And uh, so he's, he's really fired up and he talks like a marketer now. Uh, and so uh, I think same thing can be said for the salespeople we're, we're looking for. If they're fired up about the problem and fired up about building something really big, uh, I think they're going to have a ton of fun in this role. Yes, it is a conversion process. No matter what your role is, if you come onto the juice within a few weeks, you're going to become a marketer. That's that's what we're doing over here. You're not wrong. Kidding, but not really. Anyways, so what we got to tell people like if anyone is listening and is a salesperson and is interested in learning more, where can they go check it out? Yeah, so uh, probably on our social channels, uh, the Juice HQ. Uh, I'm sure we'll be posting about the open roles there with some regularity. But uh, the best place for the job description is actually on High Alpha's website. Uh, so highalpha.com. Uh, there's an account executive posting there at the top of the page. Uh, because we are technically pre-launch, it says pre-launch company. Uh, but if you read the description, you'll read all about b2b martech and content marketing and that's the role for you or you can reach out to anybody on our team personally and uh, we'd be happy to talk to you more about it slide into those dms and we'll get the conversation going jonathan appreciate the perspective on sales at the juice uh talk to you soon thanks brett Definitely go check us out if you're a salesperson out there that is interested in learning more. Jonathan pointed you to the direction of those job listings. Go check it out. If you have questions, I'm happy to answer. Drop into my DMs at Indy McGrath on Twitter, or you can find me on LinkedIn. Make sure you take care of yourself, take care of others around you, and I'll be back on Friday with another conversation with a content marketer that is making it happen. Have a great week.